Lucas, please, just wait in the car. Max, just wait, just wait. Lucas, Max, just please, wait just listen car. to me. Just please. I know something happened back there with your mother. Was it Vecna? I told you. I'm fine. Okay? I mean, as fine as someone who's hurtling towards a gruesome death can be. Max. You know you can talk to me. Right? Yeah, I know that. Okay, then why do you keep pushing me away? Okay, look. I don't need a letter. I don't want a letter. Just talk to me. To your friends. We're right here. I'm right here. Okay? I'm here. Just wait in the car. This won't be long. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and today we're talking about Chapter 4, Dear Billy. So, this episode is probably one of my favorite episodes. It's probably my favorite episode outside of Episode 7 of the season so far. So, we have uh, Max connecting the pieces between Chrissy, Fred, and herself. And she's really diving deep into a lot of... uh, what's going on figuring out everything that is going on between all of them she's got these connections and it's a really interesting uh thing that's going on with her as far as her uh, realizing that she's been targeted and she has this uh curse that's on her and as this episode goes on it gets gets progressively worse until we get to this uh classic scene of this episode so far and this is one of the biggest uh, um uh, scenes from this season this has spurred on the uh the the listening to and the downloading of a popular song from kate bush that we'll talk about a little bit later on uh, that was really big and popular in in the 80s and I'm so glad this uh, this song is being rediscovered by a new generation of uh, of, of kids I'm, I'm just loving this and my uh, just as an, a little bit of an aside my, my daughter she was uh, uh, my second youngest daughter she's um, she's nearly 15 now 
and she was looking at the uh, episode and she was like you know this is you know this is a cool song the whole sequence is it's exciting it, it, it just pulls you in and just keeps you on the edge of your seat until the very very last end of the uh the scene and everybody knows i think uh the scene that i'm talking about with uh with max and vecna and the musical interlude going throughout it but she was like this is a great song i'm like yeah that song was really really great really good you know 30 plus years ago and it's so funny that everything just comes full circle then we have this uh scene where uh you know one of my favorite scenes as well with nancy and robin uh you know come up with a a plan uh you know a plot of sorts to meet victor creel and steve's in the bedroom in nancy's bedroom and they're and they're talking and there's all of this uh you know exposition between the three of them and you know so basically what they're going to do is they're going to go to the uh the uh, mental institution and talk to victor creel but there's something that they have to do before they actually get to that point and i i loved this whole scene between them and and later on in one of the uh episodes a little bit down the road we get to where they're actually uh, considered as, as friends now and they say as much um, I don't think we've had that in the past but this is really one of the best scenes as far as I'm concerned from the um, from the episode so far now there's uh, Mike and Will's talk and they're just going back and forth and and Will's just trying to get uh, get Mike to understand where he's coming from and how he's been feeling and you know they somewhat uh, come to terms of agreement at this point and they are just they're just really really uh, you know I guess they're having this this conversation that they really haven't had before and it's really exciting to see that they're just such good friends despite everything that has been going on and that you know probably will be going on and I'm just afraid for Mike and I, I'm gonna put this out there I think that my that uh that Mike not Steve because there's a lot of conversation about Steve right now being the one that will die this season but I think uh Mike because his story it it, it revolves around Eleven and Eleven has to get her powers back. And we have seen that when something happens uh, emotionally, she she really can't control the powers. And that's when her powers are the strongest. And several examples of, of that are at the uh, Starcourt Mall. Uh, and then there are just uh, just so many different uh, areas and, and scenes throughout the series where she just uh, when she gets emotionally overwhelmed, her powers become the strongest and sometimes they become uncontrollable. And I think another person, um, because the Duffer Brothers have said that that uh, that there will probably be several deaths by the end of this uh, the end of this season for our major characters. So I'm thinking uh, possibly Hopper because that will be another area of, uh, of emotional turmoil for Eleven. And she's just one of the characters where she's just building and building and we're getting all of this 
backstory on her. So I'm I'm really looking at you know possibly Mike and 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 Hopper because those are characters that can be uh, can be off the screen because we have all these new characters that have come in and this will really bring the uh, the group together. And then you know also you see uh, Karen Willer. She has a a you know character poster, a major character poster in this season. So I know a lot of Stranger Things fans don't want to hear that, but I'm, I'm I have just just the sense that that's where they're going with the story. There's just so many things that add up. So I'm thinking that Mike will probably be one of the uh, ones that that passes away by the end of this uh, by the end of this season. Um, I, I hope everyone makes it into the fifth and final season, but I, I just don't see it. The stakes are really high. Vecna is a really menacing villain, one of the best uh, villains that we've seen because he's humanoid, he's frightening, he's menacing. It's all of these, you know, uh, things that 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 he is, and he he poses a real uh, big and uh, a really huge problem for the uh, group overall. So I think that he's definitely going to be uh, uh, one of the ones that goes Mike and uh, on Hopper as well. Now, there's uh, Max giving out her letters, and she goes to all these different sites, and she's giving out everyone their uh, uh, her letters to everyone, and then she reads uh, Billy's letter at the gravesite, which you know starts the process of something that's really big that's happening with her and and Vecna. And she's, you know, saying basically all these things that she wants, that she wants to, um, that she wanted to do. And she's really heartbroken about a lot of these things. She gives one out to, uh, to Dustin and then Lucas, she gives him one. And, uh, and it's, it's really, really emotional for her and for all of us, really. Just, just seeing this, you know, basically her giving out these death letters, you know, and, you know, just in case she dies, you know, she calls it a failsafe, you know, for the most part. And that's not the first time we've heard uh, that particular phrase, phrasing in this uh, season so far. We've heard it at least one other time between uh, Eleven and uh, Peter Ballard or, you know, uh, number one, or, you know, Henry Creel, or whatever you want to call him. Um, so, you know, this is a, <laughs> this is a really, really emotional uh, time for uh, for Max and her character has really uh, moved forward in the season and has really developed and her arc is really uh, really coming full circle in such a fast uh, fast moment with just her introduction in season two and then everything that happened throughout season three between her and Lucas and just all those flashbacks and we'll get to that in a, in a moment but and then there's uh, Robin's rant in the office. This is one of the favorite scenes of my life. She just, she strips off all the pretenses and just dives right into it. She's grabbing her boobs in the middle of, of the office with this uh, gentleman who's from, uh, I think it was from Harvard. And he's just uh, looking at her and Nancy's like, you know, you might want to get some air. And, you know, she's like basically trying to shoot her out of the room and she just takes control of the entire situation. I love Robin and her rants, you know. Um, we're going to do a section called Robin's Rant sometime in the uh, near future of the, um, of the uh, 
podcast, but yeah, I, I just love these huge, long, grandiose rants that she goes on, and it just really just tells a lot about her character and where she's coming from, and she's basically just a no, you know, no bullshit kind of uh, character, and she just really puts it all out there, and she's quirky, she's funny, uh, she's endearing, and, and, and we just, you know, she's one of the characters I just love so much, and I love her uh, evolution throughout this uh this series starting in season three in which you know you think you know she was around for a long time but she hasn't been and just for her to grow as one of the uh, uh one of the favorite characters of the series so far is just indicative of just the actor uh, uh, uh maya uh herself she's just you know so great and um and then we get uh we get uh, nancy and robin and they start to uh, talk to Victor Creel. And this is one of the biggest, uh, biggest moments uh, for them. And we get the uh, whole nightmare on Elm Street uh, scratching. You know, he's at the beginning when we see Victor Creel, he's scratching his nails on the desk there. And this is definitely a callback to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where he played Freddy Krueger. So I, I, I loved that whole dynamic and just these little subtle things and just the way he talked and everything. And it's just really a callback. And we'll talk about him getting into the, uh, the story and him telling his whole story and how he's just looking off in the distance in, in this, you know, really like really remembering some fond times for for himself before the complete horror comes we're gonna take a uh, quick uh, quick break here and uh, I'll be right back I'm having trouble understanding any of this. I mean, what exactly is going on in Hawkins? What's doing these killings? That's what we're trying to ascertain. Where is Elle? Like, right now? For her safety, as best you don't know. This is insane. This is insane. So this training, I mean, to get Elle's powers back, how long is it going to take? It could take weeks. It could take months. Months? Until then, Agents Harmon and Wallace here will stay with you. We're not the ones in danger. Our friends live in Hawkins. My family lives in Hawkins. And I'll work to contain the situation until Eleven is ready. In the meantime, it is of vital importance that you do not speak to anyone about this. <laughs> no! No way! I know this is difficult to understand. It's not difficult. This is impossible. There are factions within our government who are working directly against Eleven, who are, in fact, searching for her as we speak. We can't risk contact. If they learn about any of this, it will jeopardize Eleven. And if Eleven is jeopardized, so are your friends. And so is your family. So what, we're just supposed to trust that you're the good guys? Whoever you are? We're friends of Owen's. Eleven trusted us. Now we're asking the same from you. For you.
right here. A grandfather clock. It was so real. And when I got closer, suddenly I just... She was in a trance or something. Exactly what Eddie said happened to Chrissy. That's not even the bad part. Fred and Chrissy, they both came to Miss Kelly for help. Uh, they both were having headaches. Bad headaches that just wouldn't go away. And then... Then the nightmares. Trouble sleeping. They'd wake up in a cold sweat. And then they started seeing things. Bad things. From their past. And these visions, they just, they kept on getting worse and worse until eventually. Everything ended. Beckman's curse. Chrissy's headache started a week ago. Fred six days ago. I've been having them for five days. I don't know how long I have. All I know is that for Fred and Chrissy, they both died less than 24 hours after their first vision. And I just saw that goddamn clock, so. Looks like I'm gonna die tomorrow. Jason right now. taking a step down from Max. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, well, you're the little sister who plays Dungeons and Dragons, huh? What's it to you? Do you know Dustin Henderson? Know him? I've bled with him. Chances are he's with your cheater boyfriend. Oh, if and when you do find Lucas, 
Please tell him I've been covering for his ass for two days now. Each day of covering costs 10 bucks with a DPR. That's a daily percentage rate of 7.9%. Another week of this and he's buying me a goddamn Nintendo with Duck Hunt. Where the hell, Sinclair? That's what we're about to find out. We've been tricked, boys. Okay, be honest. Uh, do you guys understand any of this? No. Pretty straightforward. Oh, uh, straightforward, really? Well, what's confusing to you? So far, everyone Vecna has cursed has died, except for this old Victor Creel dude Nancy found. He's the only known survivor. If anyone knows how to beat this curse, it's him. Yeah, that's assuming that he was cursed Henderson, which we don't even know. How can Vecna have existed back in the 50s? It doesn't make sense. As far as we know, Eleven didn't create the Upside Down. She opened a gate to it. The Upside Down has probably been around for thousands of years. Millions. I wouldn't be surprised if it predated the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs? What are we okay, okay, but if a gate didn't exist in the 50s, how did Vecna get through? Oh, and how's it getting through now? And why now? Oh, and why then? Just pops out in the 50s, kills one family, and is like, eh, I'm good. And poof, he just disappears. just gone? Only to return 30 years later and start killing some random teens? No, I don't buy it. Straightforward, my ass. You know what, honestly, Henderson? A little humility every now and then? It wouldn't hurt you. Sorry. Any idea what she's writing? Did she sleep? I mean... Would you? Nancy's newspaper minions, we are now rock star psychology students at the University of Notre Dame. I'm now Ruth, and I'm Rose. Ruth? Nice GPA. Thanks. So we called Penhurst Asylum, told them we'd like to speak with Victor Creel for a thesis work co-writing on paranoid schizophrenic, to which they said no. But we landed at 3 o'clock with the director. Now all we have to do is charm him and convince him to let us talk to Victor. And then maybe we can rid Max of this curse. Yeah, uh, about that. We've been doing our Victor Creel homework, and, uh... We got some questions. Lots of questions. So do we. Hopefully Victor has the answers. Wait, 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 wait a second. Uh... Where's mine? Nancy, you're out of your mind if you think I'm babysitting again. Okay, first of all, they're not babysitting anymore. And Max is in real danger. She needs people around her. I know, but why does it always have to be me? Oh, it's my like... God, you have a Tom Cruise poster. You have a Tom Cruise poster. That's... Old. It's just a... <laughs> can you please not touch anything? I, ju I just, I, I, I can't do anything here, Nancy. I, maybe I can be helpful with this asylum director, dude. I don't know. I could, like, turn on my, like, my charm. Not the kind of charm we need. Ouch. No, I just... Look, I, I did a little digging last night, and it turns out this Dr. Hatch is a distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association and a Harvard visiting scholar. Okay, this is a lifelong student of the world, and if we're going to win him over, we're going to have to convince him that we are two. That, like him, we are true academic scholars. Holy shit, there's a little ballerina in here. <laughs> academic scholar. She's giving you an academic scholar vibe? Yeah. No, but she will. Oh, please tell me that you're joking. 
I mean, I just don't think they've actually thought this through. If this goes on for a month, or months, and people can't get a hold of us, they're going to totally freak out. Meanwhile, my mom's probably having a panic attack already. And then what about Hawkins? That lady's just supposed to keep it contained. Like, you can contain any of this without Elle. I mean... Yeah. If you keep staring at that, it's not going to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Before the cops came, me and Elle, we, we had a bad fight. We never fight. I mean, we fought before, but just like silly fights, stupid fights. But, I don't know, this one just felt more adult. Like, it, it just felt more real. Like, like it was a fight that you can't come back from. Maybe I should have said something. And if I would have said that thing, then maybe she'd want me there with her, wherever she is. No, look, Mike. You're gonna see her again, and whatever it is, whatever you didn't say, you can say it to her then. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. She's gonna be okay. She's not in Hawkins. That's what we should be worrying about. You don't trust Owens? No. I don't know. I mean, he's been good to us and good to Al, but he wasn't able to protect me. That was you guys who saved me. That was you guys. Looks like it's going to be up to us again. It always is, isn't it? Which is why we can't stay here. Listen, let's assume these friends of Owens are telling the truth. I mean, we can't call Hawkins without alerting the military, putting Al in danger. Fine, then we'll just have to go to them. Go to Hawkins? How? What are you worried about? Ponch and John out there? They're half asleep right now watching golf. No, Jonathan, I mean, we don't have a car or money. Then we'll hail ourselves a ride. A cheap one. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. What? We're hungry. Whose fault is that? Ours. 
Absolutely, and I do apologize. Don't apologize, Ruth. Screw that. The fact of the matter is, we did put in a request months ago and were denied. And then we reapplied and were denied again. And coming here was our last-ditch effort to save our thesis, and I really, I can't breathe in this thing. Uh, well, Rose, maybe you'd like to go outside and get some air. Maybe I should, Ruth, mm -hmm. because I'm starting to think this whole thing is a colossal mistake. I'm breaking out in a rash. My boobs hurt, and I'll tell you the truth, Anthony. May I call you Anthony? These aren't actually my clothes. I borrowed them because I wanted you to take us seriously. Because nobody takes girls seriously in this field. They just don't. We don't look the part or whatever, but can I tell you a story? 1978, I was at summer camp. And my counselor, Drew, told me and everyone in Cabin C the true story of the Victor Creel massacre. And little Petey McHugh, you know Petey, right, Ruth? Uh, of course. Yeah. Little Petey McHugh started sobbing right there on the spot, full-on hyperventilating, and all the other campers, they couldn't sleep for weeks. And I couldn't sleep either, but not because I was scared, because I was obsessed with the question, what would drive a human being to commit such unimaginable acts? Other kids, they wanted to be astronauts, basketball players, rock stars, but I wanted to be you. I wanted to be you, so forgive me if I'll now try anything in my power, including wearing this ridiculous outfit, if I might get the chance to speak to the man that ignited my passion and learn a little bit more about how his twisted, but let's face it, totally fascinating mind works. So yes, we don't have the official paperwork, but don't tell me that crybaby Petey McHugh wouldn't have gotten an audience with Victor in a matter of moments if he'd asked politely, because you and I both know that he would. So, 10 minutes with Victor. That's all I ask. I'm back in 30. All right, I'm back. So just to further talk about Nancy and, and, and Robin and when they're talking to Victor Creel, like I was saying, there's just this whole uh, scene where he's looking off into the distance as if he's fondly remembering exactly what's going on. But like I said, he's he's there's this, these horrible things that that have happened. Um, I mean, they even get to the point to where there is a burning baby this is probably the darkest not probably this is this is the darkest this show has gone so far and there's several flashbacks of that going back and forth with Victor Creel you know and I guess this is his horror in 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 seeing this replaying in his mind over and over again and then there's a scene where he goes back to World War uh World War II where he's you know, back in, in, in combat and, you know, all of these things are just really playing on his, on his mind. And, and we see a lot of this, um, this going on throughout this season with Vecna, uh, playing on everyone's, uh, fears, their, their, their traumas, uh, their personal demons, if you will, going forward. And, he's just really having a hard time dealing with all of this and not being able to save his family and then ultimately being uh, accused of killing his family because you can't come out and, and say, you know, exactly what has been going on and what has happened. So he's, he's, um, he's really in this really deep, dark space and we don't know if he's going uh, going to be released at this moment. And what I'm really thinking right now is, 
you know, I'm, I'm asking myself this question is, is Victor Creel going to be um, let loose from this institution? Is all this going to come in, come into play in the latter part of this, uh, this season? Is, you know, are we going to start getting all everyone involved and letting them exactly uh, know exactly what's going on with this whole alternate dimension and, and, and all of this because this is a really a hard pill to swallow if you haven't seen anything and you just you're, you're going on with exactly what is happening in the real world like uh, police uh, chief Powell none of them they they know exactly they don't know exactly what's going on so it's really hard for them to 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 grasp this um, we had Bob he was uh, he was really uh, involved in this, and he did. He only got to the tip of the iceberg, and then you know he gets taken out by demo dogs. And then we have Barb. She really didn't know uh, in season one. She really didn't know exactly what was going on. She just got killed and taken. Maybe she, at those very last moments, she knew something uh, was going on, and she got trapped in the upside down. So I, I'm just figuring. Um, I'm just wondering whether or not the all the adults will fully be um be i guess put into the loop as to what's going on and to really be aware of what's going on and i think karen willis will be one of the first ones to fully truly uh, grasp this outside of uh joyce murray and uh and hopper of course and uh, and like I said, uh, we haven't seen Mr. Clark this season. Is he, is he going to come into play somehow? I'm, I'm hoping. Um, and what a lot of people haven't really even uh, talked about. Well, I'm going to get into that in just a moment. But we're going to continue to talk about the uh, the uh, house shootout. Now, this was one of the uh, big action pieces of the episode, and, and really of of the entire uh series we've never seen this 80s shoot 'em up you know scene in stranger things and this was a a, uh, a different take it, it felt like more of a a urban 80s-esque um, um take on just what kind of films were coming out at the time and i think that, and i thought that this was one of the uh the, one of the best scenes and it was done very well and it was realistically played and we see these uh, these bumbling uh, uh, agents there that are supposed to be taking care of them. All of a sudden, you know, because we, you know, we're sitting there, we're seeing them sitting down on the couch, watching golf, not really being involved. And this was really indicative of, of a lot of things that they did in '80s movies. It's like these unassuming characters that you didn't think were capable of doing these great things, and all of a sudden, at the uh, very end, they 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 truly. They truly, truly are, and they really jumped into action at this point to really save the boys. They had this whole military uh, uh, operation kind of when they were in the house, where they were all touching each other's shoulders and they were walking in a you know, in a straight line. And he's like, "I shoot, you run," and, and and I just found that to be so so great. I mean, it, it was just it was just a really well filmed. Uh, uh, a scene and a whole sequence and then the whole and then the whole uh argyle the uh the getaway driver and he's you know he's like you know driving up and you know of course he's his whole stoner self 
and he's uh he's just um he's just getting into a lot of uh things that he doesn't even fully understand or realize and of course a lot of this is is broken down to him a little bit later on and he's really you know thrown into the to the loop of things and he's just you know like processing he he can't process it and that is so realistic because it's like wait a minute what what's what's happening but you're in the middle of the action and you're having to deal with these situations and really uh uh, figure out exactly what you want to do and whether or not you want to be, you know, fully, truly involved in what's going on. And he's their driveway. He's their getaway driver uh, as as the police are, um, as these agents, these these military agents are coming in, shooting everything up, and they have to make their uh, their escape in the uh, Scooby Doo uh, mystery van. So, <laughs> but the, I, I just thought that this was. Um, was a really uh, great scene and then there's max and lucas and they're and they're talking and they're just uh oh, just they're you know lucas is really pleading with max to open up to him to talk to him and then they um they had this really heartfelt conversation and you know he's like i see you and she's you know there and almost teary-eyed and you can tell that all that 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 armor and that wall has just melted away at that moment and she's like you know you know because at first she's like you know I'm, I'm fine and you know no you're really not fine you went through some major trauma you've gone through some things and this is one of the reasons why Vecna is targeting her because she hasn't dealt with these things she's not dealing with these things uh, the way she should you know she's not truly getting the help I mean she's gone to Mrs. Kelly uh, Miss Kelly's uh, a few times but she's never opened up to her she's never been truthful with her and I think that's one of the things that I love about this show because they they're like you know if you need help you need to to seek help and that was really uh, uh, great to see on on screen so they had this whole conversation and I just love the way uh, Stranger Things they 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 really take these moments where nothing is going on to have these conversations to have these deep conversations to have this character development and to form these friendship these bonds and it's just one of the things that I love uh, about this show they take these moments and they show each character uh, going through things and they have all these characters having these side conversations so when we get to these big set pieces these big action moments moments of horror whatever they may be going through they feel truly bonded together um it, this is akin to uh to the movie stand by me they went through all these horrific tragic things from the very beginning and we get a lot of them going through a lot of that and then we have the uh, flashback with Victor Creel. This just whole entire uh, moment, which lasts about uh, eight or nine minutes, and he's going through and he's explaining everything that happens, and we get a full explanation. He's talking about uh, Henry Creel, his son, who we later find out to be uh, number one, which he's actually pretending to be uh, Peter Ballard in the uh, institution where um and in, in the lab and the institution where um where dr brenner has been running things for uh for so long so we really get a lot of uh information with this victor creel um you know uh flashback with him 
with the uh, with the uh, spiders and and just uh, and just so many different other things. You know, I guess maybe the uh, his wife was um, was scared or frightened of spiders, and then we get all these different things, and then ultimately uh, Henry uh, kills the mother, and he's basically being blamed for a lot of what what has uh, what has happened. And then we get the uh, the moment where um, where Max is reading Billy's letter to him at the gravesite, and you know, of course, this is opening up some trauma. She's really opening up and telling about her feelings, and this really is the start of uh, of a lot of the uh, the sequence or the episode of what's about to occur and what's about to happen with her and she she's sitting there and she's she wants to feel this way but she doesn't want to feel this way and you can tell that she's angry you know for for feeling the the way that she does and she's just you know she's just going on and and on and she's really pouring all her feelings out the way she uh the way she really hasn't or the, at least the way we haven't seen her do uh, in the series uh, so far, outside of the the moment where she is talking to Lucas in um, in uh, in I think it was season two where they're sitting on top of the uh, the bus and uh, no it's season three um, misspoke and uh, and they're talking basically on top of the uh, the bus and you know he's asking her about California and. And they're going back and forth, having these deep conversations. You know, like I said, we haven't seen anything of that uh, of that manner since since that moment. But I found that to be uh, really eye opening for her, and for her opening up and really getting that all off of her chest, and really just you know, really it was really a great moment to see uh, with her. And of course, we get the moment when Vecna curse has started and she she starts to go into the upside down she's figuring out what exactly is going on and of course something I don't, don't think I've heard a whole lot about is Billy's cameo uh, David Montgomery he actually has come back for just this little short scene within this I guess I guess we, guess we can call it the upside down or this vision that Vecna puts those who he's targeting in. I don't know exactly what, what we can call this, but this is such a great moment and great scene in him just further perpetuating what's going on with, uh, with Max. I'm going to take a brief break and I'll be right back and we'll talk about the big set piece scene here real soon. Nancy. 
Nancy Wheeler. And this is Robin Buckley. We have some questions. I don't talk to reporters. Hatch knows that. We're not reporters. We're here because we believe you. And because we need your help. Whatever killed your family, we think it's back. some sense into me. I mean, I was being a total self-pitying idiot. I didn't say it. You didn't have to. Hey, also, about, uh, about the last few days... You don't have to say anything. I, I was being a total jerk to Al. I, I deserved it. No. No, no. No, you didn't deserve anything. Listen, the truth is, the last year has been weird. You know? And I mean, you know, Max and Lucas and Dustin, they're they're great. They're great. It's just, it's Hawkins. It's not the same without you. And I feel like maybe I was worrying too much about Elle. And I don't know, maybe I feel like I lost you or something. Does that make sense? I have no idea what's going to happen next. But whatever it is, I, I, I think we should work together. I think it'll be easier for we're a team. Friends. Best friends. Cool. Cool. That was fast. 30 minutes or less. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Pizza time. I got it. Yeah, I'm coming. Hold your horses. Jesus Christ. Hello there. What the hell is that? Stay here! Oh my god, why is that guy on the gun? Drive! Oh yeah! 
suppose all evil must have a home. And though I had not a rational explanation for it, I, I could sense this demon always close. became convinced it was hiding, nesting, somewhere within the shadows of our home. It had cursed our town. It had cursed our home. It had cursed us. Conversation with Professor Brantley. 
Perhaps we should discuss in my office while we wait for the police. Dear Billy, I don't know if you can even hear this. Two years ago, I would have said that's ridiculous, impossible. But that was before I found out about alternate dimensions and monsters, so I'm just going to stop assuming that I know anything. So much has happened since you left. Your dad was a total mess. He and my mom started getting into fights. Bad fights. I don't think he could stand being here without you. So he left. And he didn't leave mom much. She's taken an extra job and we moved to that lovely trailer park off Curly. Basically, ever since you left, everything's been total disaster and the worst part is I can't tell anyone why you're gone I can't tell them that you saved Elle's life that you saved my life I play that moment back in my head all the time sometimes I imagine myself running to you pulling you away I imagine that if I had, that you would still be here. And everything would be, everything would be right again. I imagine that we, that we could have become friends. Good friends, like, like a real brother and sister. I know that's stupid. You hated me. I hated you. But I thought that maybe, maybe we could try again. But that's not what happened. I just, I stood there and I watched. I tried to be happy. Normal. But I... I think that maybe a part of me died that day, too. And I haven't told anyone this. I, I just I can't. But I had to tell you before it's too late. If you can even hear this, I really hope that you can. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry, Billy. Love your shitty little sister, Max.
Victor said the night of the attack, everything went on in the house, but he made specific mention of music. He said music was playing. Dream a little dream. And then when we asked him about the angel, he started to hum. Say kiss me, me, tell me. little dream me. Yeah, Ella Fitzgerald. Voice of an angel. Yeah. Hatch said that music can reach parts of the brain that words can't. So maybe that's the key, a lifeline. A lifeline back to reality. It's worth a shot. I think we can beat him. What? To the car. Okay, I'm warning you right now, I have terrible coordination. Like, it took me six months longer to learn to walk than all the other babies. Oh, my baby. No, oh, my God! Hey! Come back you dropped your shoe! And then we get the biggest uh, scene of episode four, uh, season four. And, uh, you know, from what I've realized is that episodes four and five of the um, of the entire series are always the biggest episodes. Now, that remains to be seen because we haven't seen the final two episodes of this season, but we get the whole... Uh, the whole scene where Max is escaping the uh, the upside down or Vecna's world, whatever this is, this is kind of like this middle middle part here. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's interesting and it's intriguing. And this scene kept me on the edge of my seat uh, the entire time, from the very first first uh, moment up to the very end. And I just found this, oh, this is one of the best scenes. And it was like a yes moment. But my whole thing is, are they are they temporarily uh, letting us off? Or are they building to something bigger? Is she actually going to die? But this was kind of like, she's alive for the moment. And like I said, I've got this whole theory on on Mike and Hopper and, you know, and, and Eleven and how Mike and Hopper, they may die in, in this uh, season finale. So I don't know. But this was some, one of the greatest moments. I mean, you know, this was like, you know, this is clearly good versus pure evil. And us seeing her running and, and just going through this whole a small quest and journey to get out back out of uh, Vecna's curse to her friends and every single step every single moment of this episode was just um you know this uh scene within this episode was just so uh tense it, it just it was like oh my god and just and just that uh just that whole thing where Vegna is throwing all of these uh, things at her, all of this debris is coming down at her as she's trying to escape, and and um, and the Kate Bush music is playing. Like I said, you know, there's a whole history behind that, but I've already talked about that. But it was just uh, a great, great scene, and I loved everything that they did with this, and just that brief moment where the the camera just cuts off, and there's clear uh blackness for about three seconds and then we finally realized she made it it was like they just set this up so well and from what i'm hearing they spent about two weeks just on that scene in and of itself so that was really uh great to see 
but I'm just uh, I'm just loving everything about that. And then Lucas embracing Max as she nearly escapes. Uh, ah, it, you know, them crying. You can see that they really truly love each other and they have a real friendship. And they're not just friends, but they're family. And just some um, hugging and just that music playing. Um, just in the, the, the quiet at the, at the grave site between Lucas, Max, Dustin, and Steve. And they're all, they've all got this kinship and just this friendship together. And they have really, really uh, formed, like I said, this, this, deep intense friendship and bond it's more of a it's more of a family you know at this point and just that that music and just just the quiet of everything that, that has just happened is just so well done and i can't state it enough um that the show is just one of the best shows on on uh on television or streaming whatever you want to call it at this point but it's just um it's just so well done, and it's going to be a, a big, um, sore missing spot whenever this show uh, finally, sadly, uh, leaves the airways. Well, this has been Tony talking to you about the Upside Down, Stranger Things world. Just so much emotion in this episode, so much going on. It's, it's just, you know, me even watching it again, it was just really hard. But... I'll see you guys in the next episode, and I'll see you guys on the other side.